0: And there we were, doing a podcast. Yes, it was another time for another episode. <sighs> We'd been at this desk for hundreds of years, and, oh, look, hipsters have moved into our desk hood I,
1: I hope that the hipsters will move out someday. I hope. I'll,
0: I'll still be here.
1: I hope that there will be a boat waiting for me on the end of the boat line.
0: Is this a is this a different Morgan Freeman's movie? That, oh, sorry, where he's I, on a boat.
1: He's on a boat at the end of Shawshank Redemption, and then just oh, yeah. okay, right. that I'm, I'm that's back the around. movie we were doing instead. And Andy Dufresne moved in <laughs> next door, <laughs> and we started a card collecting company. We collected cards from different things like birthdays, anniversaries, <laughs> even Valentine's, Bat mitzvahs. <laughs> Welcome, hey, w- everybody, <laughs> to The Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Com.
0: Z-z. Um, you're joined here with Kelly Song. And Ryan Graves. And Morgan Freeman. Hello. And Andy Dufresne. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> do you think in today's movie, Five Flights Up... That's five with a number five, yep. It's not but so, it, I, I think they did it so that they could... Be it, at the top of the list? Yeah, top of whatever list. Um, uh, do you think that there was written into the script narration or do you think they They cast Morgan Freeman Freeman they're they're like well we got to get some of this in here now
1: let's just get got to get some of that honey in Uh, here right off the bat moratorium on Morgan Freeman narrating things yeah because he's he's done it he's great at it we don't need it anymore we're good and the problem is with this movie he's like I was sad because we were moving out. I'm like, I know, I'm watching the movie. You don't need to tell me that.
0: Robert McKee is like, ah! doing this movie, he's thrashing around his office like he's having a stroke and he's just like, God, please, no more narration. <laughs>
1: Cue the adaptation bit. And God help you if you use voiceover in your work, my friends, God help you. It's flaccid, sloppy writing. Any idiot can write voiceover narration to explain the thoughts of a character. Okay, that's it. One hour for lunch. See, the thing is about this fucking movie is... Now, that's that's not quite what this movie is. That would be very interesting if it was... Uh, a fucking movie? Between Morgan Freeman, Diane Keaton. Oh, that's not exactly what we're doing I here.
0: think it's <laughs> close to the opposite of that. Um, all right, let's set up... <laughs> Ryan, just tell me... Oh, no, can, can we actually... Before we get into it, yeah. can we just talk about, like, what's what's one piece of media that you really enjoyed this
1: week? Man, um One. I have been playing the hell out of Lego Star Wars Oh so if you are what's, on what's any... your favorite character to play? Oh gosh. Um you know what's trippy is that you always get to change out the characters. Uh-huh. There's hundreds of characters. And you can and just you,
0: change, change change. You change.
1: can play any permutation or combination of characters. But you're still playing you yourself the player. Well So are you? No, the you player like you can like you have several characters just at hand, and you just, like, sw- switch, them out. switch them out. Where do they go when you're not playing? I then? don't know. Okay. But today, I was playing as Anakin Skywalker, Oh, and... Anakin Skywalker. Oh, little were, No, Darth Anakin, oh, like okay. from the end of Revenge of the Sith. And I'm like, this is tripping me out that these guys are just helping each other, but they're the same person, but they're not. No. Because he's technically Darth Vader. One's almost evil and mm-hmm. one is evil. So as a Star Wars fan, I'm extremely satisfied. That's very nice. What's your thing?
0: Oh, uh, my, I was reminded today of an album that William Shatner did back in the the aughts and it was arranged by Ben Folds. Oh, whoa. And it is a trip because it's basically William Shatner kind of doing a spoken word poem, kind of a little bit singing, but mainly spoken word. That's his thing. And Ben Folds just like comes in with some awesome arrangement behind it. And then like his friends come and sing on it. You got gospel singers sometime. Cool. I think Amy Mann's there. It is, it is bizarre and beautiful in this confluence of a lot of cool, weird, trippy stuff. Go check it out. Hold on. The album is called William Shatner Has Been. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great
0: go listen to that's me trying it's a very good sad that's song. great yeah i'm gonna so cheat and good. say
1: one more thing i forgot obi-wan kenobi tv show but i didn't obi kenobi obi kenobi i didn't <laughs> i didn't do that <laughs> i love that video too. i didn't do that one as my main pick because i would just get into so many like things to talk about so sure. i'm just gonna say obi-wan kenobi i have heard it's good i can't wait to watch it it's good have fun that's, I'm just going to live it myself. I, I I it'll just explode out of me if I keep talking.
0: Wait, is that your Who who did we decide last week was the review the review per, Oh, Kurt's review Kirk's reviews? Kirk's reviews. Well, uh,
1: my 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 tagline it's, it's is It's good. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but my tagline is let's have a cuddle or something like that. So no. can, can we cuddle? We cuddle? <laughs> uh so yeah, let me just go and tell you a story.
0: Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love,
1: Titanian.
0: I Ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the
1: end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Morgan Freeman explains the whole movie, so I wanna wish he could just do it for <laughs> we, us. I, I, it would be fun to find and supercut
0: all of his narration, but we won't do it.
1: There's so much Morgan Freeman narrating that you could get a dictionary- basically recorded oh, from yeah. him and Phonetically, so we could do he makes anything. Every sound yeah, yeah, so it could be it could be done. We could
0: yeah, we could, we could really probably
1: isolate all Morgan Freeman's <laughs> voice and just have him narrate whatever we want. Yeah. Um so he tells us in plain words that we live in Brooklyn and it's not it wasn't cool in Brooklyn, but now it's cool in Brooklyn. And it's now like, hipsters
0: live here and there's a Whole Foods going in, so you know that it's going to the birds. <laughs>
1: Like, oh man, oh geez, it's rough, man. So sorry, your life as an artist independently living in New York is getting hard. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, I okay, I on one hand, I can give him a little benefit of the doubt, I'm sure that Brooklyn. Like he, he says at one point in time, they moved away from Manhattan and nobody wanted to come to Brooklyn because it's really far away. Like we all kind of get that. Like
1: when you move to a faraway part of a city, it's yeah, I moved different. To, I moved to the suburbs Yeah, and it's still not that cool here, but we're getting a target. So <laughs> it's getting pretty cool.
0: And it, it was never as cool as Brooklyn. Like Beaverton's not as cool as Brooklyn. Yeah. But like the, what he's describing as annoying is like, I feel like it's 2008 being like Oh, yo, 2014, don't forget about us. Yeah. Like, remember how we started making fun
1: of hipsters and stuff? Ugh, this movie's more like 2002. We'll get into it. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, very much so. Uh, so, um, yeah, Morgan Freeman is basically like, man, it used to be great living here, even though it was hard, but now it's great. And kind of annoying, maybe. But we live five flights up. And it's and hard for me and my needs, dog to walk up. Because I'm
1: 95. Yeah. And
0: I'm God. And, right. <laughs> and so he and his dog walk up these stairs, and apparently they're selling their apartment. And he isn't happy about it, but for some reason they're doing it, probably because it's easier to find a place
1: that you can walk up. Yeah. Or that you can take if an there's elevator an elevator up. or something. They got to think about their future, which... Yep. I'm in like a completely different place, but at a weird similar place. Cause they're like, where are we going to live when we die? And I'm like, good, good forward thinking. I'm more thinking, where am I going to live when I want to have more kids? Sure. So also forward thinking too, I'm, I'm thinking about that next house. So, so, so you curren- similar boat,
0: you currently live in kind of like a townhome yeah, thing. It's
1: like, this is good for now, but I don't want to die here. Will you make anywhere close to a million dollars when you sell it? Um, she's at the rate the Portland market's been going, who knows? <laughs> sure, sure, who knows? <laughs> but no way. <laughs> no, but like, it. I don't know, it makes sense at their age, living in their their city uh-huh. at like the length they have been putting into that Yeah, they lived there for 40 years, That right? makes sense. Yeah. I'm okay with them making a million dollars off I'm this o- sale. I'm totally okay with them making
0: a million dollars on the sale. Get, get it, guys. <laughs> Go get it, girl. But they're so dang depressed about making that much money- and
1: I just can't <laughs> care. <laughs> well, okay. So they established these weird stakes for this right. family. Let's, let's talk about the characters. So we got Morgan Freeman and Diane Keaton. They're married. Morgan Freeman is a painter who
0: has his stuff in galleries. Yeah. And, and it's not selling as well as it used to. And But yeah. he still
1: is an independent artist yeah. who's making money. And has no other career things like not teaching as a professor or anything no. like that. Like and none of that's like going his, on. For him. His
0: wife did Diane Keaton did, but yeah. he must've sold paintings. Yeah. Like from what we know, he was a successful painter.
1: Awesome. <laughs> um, and they have a nice little dog who's 10. His um, name is Dorothy. Dorothy. Uh, yes, yeah, so she's, she's cool. Um, there's the stakes are, they need to get a new place and they need to sell the, <laughs> and they need to sell their
0: place. And Miranda from Sex and the City, who is Diane Keaton's niece, is there to
1: do it. And she's their real estate agent. And so uh, the other subplot we might as well just start now is they see on the news that some guy had this gas tanker van truck thing on was it the brooklyn bridge i think it was the brooklyn bridge and it stalled out and this guy like fled the scene and he is of some kind of middle eastern descent and so the news are like yeah i think they said he was either from uzbekistan or pakistan i can't remember yeah and like wow this was like a botched terrorist thing and now there's like bomb squad on the scene and there's terrorism going on in the city and we're gripped by terrorism and it's it's like Okay, And this the... movie came out in 2015. Yeah. Not 2002. Yeah. And, like, I I get it. Like, for
0: quite a few years afterwards, like, big cities were freaked out when anything happened. But not like this, this <laughs> far afterwards.
1: Yeah. And it was definitely, like, a whipping post of, like, Fox News of, like, is it terrorism? Uh-huh. And, and I get it because Fox News fucking does that. But <laughs> this whole movie... The mainstream local news is like, is it terrorism? It's like, like, that's not the tack you guys take. Like, a bunch of people in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn,
0: are like, is but man, who's this asshole? This terrorist
1: is terrorizing with
0: terror. The only people standing up for him are Morgan Freeman and Diane Keaton just doesn't seem to care, kind of. Yeah. And he's like, he's saying this thing that probably most of the people in the city are saying about this guy, which is... He, I don't know. It's, it seems like he abandoned a truck. It's probably fine.
1: Yeah. And now police are chasing him. So he's on the land because police are chasing him. Duh.
0: <laughs> and like we, the t- 2021 audience are like,
1: come on, stop city. And me, the 2022 audience is thinking the same thing. Oh yeah. I watched this movie a couple months ago. <laughs> Damn it. It is 2022.
0: Anyway remember this because the movie will forget it well
1: the movie keeps harping on this element it
0: does until the time that it matters
1: yeah and i'm like why are we still on this you guys okay so this is the world that we've set in.
0: the stakes are they're like the housing market in brooklyn it's is crazy w- is weird right now it's crazy anyway but it's weird especially because this whole truck incident and if they're going to buy a new place, they have to sell their place so they have enough money to buy a new place because Morgan
1: Freeman tells us a couple of times, we're not rich. We can't afford it. Um, Here's where I'm really confused in the movie. Morgan. Yeah. So they, they set up these weird economic stakes where Morgan Freeman's like, we're broke. We don't have any money. If we're going to buy a new place, we need to sell this place for a certain amount of money mm-hmm. in order to have the money to buy a new place. Right. And it's only going to work out in this very specific way. Right. So what happens is Dorothy has, like, a weird accident. So they have to take right. her to the uh, – She has a ruptured disc. Yeah, the animal hospital. There's going to be, like, surgery and, like – It's going to be, like, $10,000. Every pet owner has felt this of, like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, why did you have to do that? <laughs>
0: yeah, and the moral implications here is that Diane Keaton is all for whatever we want to spend. And Morgan Freeman's being, like, the like, – kind of the practical slash, do we want to Uh, spend this much money? So he's being a little
1: less like... Less sympathetic and more pragmatic. Yeah, And I'm not going to say this is a guy thing. I'm going to say every couple has that person where they're a little bit more pragmatic. It's not a gendered thing. It's just like that one person's like... Uh yeah and and like this is a real couples argument where and it's a hard argument to have. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman has convinced me. I'm like, "Okay, they do not have a lot of money." Like somehow he's got me on his side and I'm like, "Dang, Keaton, I love you, but I'm with Morgan on this one." <laughs> right. But at the end of the movie, or throughout the movie,
0: they're they're like talking about s- selling and buying property like straight up.
1: Yeah. And so he's like the the doctor's like it might be just a thousand dollars to do the scan and Morgan Freeman's like ooh a thousand dollars and you and I are like been there yeah <laughs> like kind of are there now like I feel this I feel this pinch yeah
0: but at the same time my my poor man's brain is saying okay so you could sell this place and just move somewhere cheaper right, right. and have hundreds of thousands of dollars right and I get it. What what this I feel like they'd never really bring this up, but the movie should have been about it's so hard to leave your home, not not your individual home that you've built, but where you lived. Where like, you
1: where you hang your hat, where your home is. Like and, like Brooklyn, being like it's so home. hard to leave, but they're priced out.
0: Right. Like that would make sense to me as a plot, but that is so circumvented in this.
1: Yeah, this movie is really about like the money ball of real estate economics yeah. and I have to admit I got caught up in that particular drama because uh-huh. that for me is like baseball where it's like oh we got the stats oh 850 850 855 oh ooh, this changes things like I got ca- I get cut up on that stuff
0: no I I actually did as well but it was it was funny how they kept saying oh they know so, like because whenever they went somewhere and they started talking money people expected them not to get it. What do you mean? Like real estate agents or oh, people right. whose houses they were like, do you know how to do this? And they're like, of course we know how to do this. You fools. And it's like,
1: do you guys know how to do this? Because <laughs> it feels like. People study and test like to you get licenses to know this stuff. Like you guys, like there's a
0: lot of paperwork here and you're doing this way too quickly. Yeah.
1: I don't. So <laughs> with the dog thing, Morgan Freeman's like, oh, we don't have a, like, I guess we can do the, the, the 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 scan sure. for a thousand dollars but yeah. and then like five minutes later he they're has like, this hero moment where diane keaton's like oh they're gonna they need to do surgery and it's gonna cost ten thousand ten thousand dollars and morgan freeman's like give me the phone and it's like oh it's We're gonna be gonna... rough and he's like we'll spend any amount of money to save dorothy and i'm like i i don't I, know what's wait, changed." Wait. <laughs> with what money, Morgan Freeman, with what money? And it is a it is a good hero moment, but it it this, doesn't
0: make sense. this whole this whole movie is kind of like giving us these characters who make good choices in a way that we want them to make for but like I've never seen their character actually realize or change anything about their situation that's changed them enough to make these decisions right like, the whole
1: movie it's and trying it's so- to show these big character moments like but nothing you didn't establish a beginning or an end you just showed me a middle of it
0: yeah <laughs> it's, it's i i am going to admit right now it's going to be really hard for me to describe what i felt about this movie because it was hard for me to feel much about it right um i'll help you okay i'll help you thank you let's help each other
1: so uh yeah, so they seem to have any amount of money it takes to save this dog. So they don't seem to be and, hurt for money. And
0: you can, there's definitely ways to like put it on a credit card or to like, there's payment plans that a lot of yeah. doctors and uh, veterinarians but have. N-
1: he's not worried about his inflow. No. At all? No. Like, he just seems, whatever situation they have in their life, it will be enough to support this dog problem. Right. It's like, okay, so what. You're it, it telling was, me movie is, you guys are good financially.
0: Right. Like, maybe this isn't going to make you guys happy about spending this much money. But you're good. But you're
1: going to be fine. Yeah. You're not going to be destitute. So then we meet uh, Cynthia Nixon, the real estate agent. She's classic real estate agent, and yeah. I've... I'm glad my real estate agent wasn't like this. My real yeah. estate agent was chill. She was kind of, she's a little pushy and but she's very New York. Strong, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they have an open house cause they need to get everyone to see it. And so the movie's like making this case of like, well, because of this weird terrorist situation, there's not a lot of interest in buying right now. And I'm like,
0: That's, I that don't doesn't buy it. No, that doesn't change
1: that fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Maybe, maybe, maybe in October of 2001, yeah, the market got a little rocky. Well, I mean, the, and the market can
0: change for sure. But if a bunch of people are thinking about moving to Brooklyn and there's just somebody thought to have maybe been a terrorist somewhere, that's not going to keep them from guess maybe moving to, to New
1: York at all. We're not going to move to New York now. I got this great <laughs> job at J.P. Morgan, but... Uh, oh no. I don't, know. Like, I don't know. It's not happening. I and better they literally stay. like they moved
0: the truck out of the way later that day from the bridge. And right. it's, like, it's like, what How is this
1: news still? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you still on this? And again, the newscasters are like very like it, it shows them as local news, but right. their tack is very Fox news. Right. Where they're making this very like judgmental conservative but, thinking.
0: But at the same time, they're like like one, one person will be like that. And then like the, the, the guiles say something at one point in time, that's like, ah, what about this, this, uh, terrorist? And then the woman news anchor will say, well, do we know he's a terrorist yet? And then I'm, but I'm like two scenes ago. You you were saying he's a ten- terrorist. Like, what are you doing, movie? Like, don't give me this voiceover. Like, I'm not paying attention to what these people are saying. <laughs> so that's happening in the
1: background at this open house. Yeah. Uh, is but and people still show up to the open house, and we get a, um, a cattle call of different fun side characters, and they were all fun for ten seconds apiece. Yeah. It was like ah, uh,
0: the mom who doesn't say no to her kid. You've got like, uh, like the training dog lesbian couple. Who, right. I like, like one One's very sweet. One's like extremely like, we're here to train dogs and buy apartments. Yeah. And then you have the girl and her mom, the mom who likes sleeping on beds.
1: Yeah. And I, I kind of I thought like, they were going to become a, like yeah, an so actual thing. We have this big, good scene with Diane Keaton and this mom, and this mom wants to lie down in the bed and like get the feel of a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. And it's yeah. this nice character- a uh, piece yeah. between two characters. Uh-huh. And it's this nice sweet moment. And then Morgan Freeman meets the daughter of this mom and they just kind of buddy up and he like is like, this is a record yeah, player. This is hard. Um, so
0: And he shows this. a picture of like naked Diane Keaton. He's like, these are boobs.
1: And she's like, cool. <laughs> and then that brings us into this movie has a lot of painful uh flashback scenes. They are okay. bad. <laughs> they're really I, uh, bad. So, I kind of disagree. Oh, really? Cuz I, I thought Diane Keaton was being impersonated by this woman.
0: I well, okay. So, I actually thought she did a good job doing a young Diane Keaton. I I really like Diane Keaton, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me say this up front. Yeah. Like Family Stone, yes. Something's got to give?
1: No. Yeah, something's got to yeah, give. Yeah, something's
0: got to give. Great. Um Annie Hall. I mean, Come on. She's a, she's the best. This Diane Keaton in this movie, I really feel like, I don't know if the director let her down or something, but it felt like there's just this thing that when she's playing a character that lacks gravitas, she just kind of shakes her hands a lot and goes, I don't
1: know. <laughs> well, it's a very laid back at- performance from both of them. And I think at its best we get very naturalist human stuff between them. Sure. Yeah. I think so too. But I, the movie isn't really committed to that. It just has it going on. I don't
0: really think they have chemistry.
1: No. Um, but
0: at, at a certain point in time, I was just tired of Morgan Freeman's puttering and Diane Keaton's, oh, Morgan freeman <laughs> And so when we jumped back to the young couple, I don't, Robin really liked it. I thought it was fine, but I
1: was like, okay, actually, you're doing a very passable Diane Keaton right now. So that's my problem is that I wasn't seeing a character on screen. I was seeing someone impersonate the actress Diane Keaton. I thought and it so was it fine. like it was, pulled me out of the movie. Yeah, I, I get how it would. It didn't do it to the me. The guy didn't do that. The guy felt like he was being that character, yeah, and wasn't trying to do the Morgan Freeman voice, which yeah. is a good instinct that he was like, yeah. let's not, let's not try and recreate that. I'm yeah. not Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman
0: had to smoke so many cigarettes <laughs> to get there anyway.
1: Um, anyway, so <laughs> I just imagine the actor like, <laughs> just smoking as furiously as he could. So
0: <laughs> this movie is, it's, I wouldn't call it nostalgia porn because it's, it's not that, but. It's boomer porn. It it feels very much like there's a Van Morrison song at the beginning and end (laughs) of this movie. (laughs) And here's the thing. I grew up on Avalon Sunset, which is like the primordial besides Moon Dance Mm -hmm. Van Morrison album that that like my parents love listening to. Totally. by proxy, I really love listening to it. And I get it. It's really for a type of person. Yeah. And that type of person is kind of Kelly when he's in fifth grade. <laughs> but, and my parents, but this movie like leans so hard into the, oh shucks, isn't it great to be of our generation-ness?
1: Yeah, that- it's like, this movie is like, man, we've been living in this beautiful apartment in Brooklyn for the past 40 years, drinking scotch whiskey, listen to Van Morrison, isn't life great? And us millennials are like,
0: yeah, no, yeah, great. <laughs> in the same in the same mouthful that it says, "Isn't it great?" It also says, "Reuters sucked, huh?" <laughs> and it's like you can't say those things at the same time. Yeah. But anyway, we have this young couple. They basically meet because he paints her, and she's a model. And he's like, "I liked you because you're real." And it's like, "Oh, okay, great." And, you know, her family's not super jazzed that he's she's dating a black guy and going to marry him. And it's made pretty obvious during a scene that I thought, like, you know, the family portrayed like a thing that we see in a lot of actually Diane Keaton movies where mm-hmm. it really was the ham-fisted version of the um, scene from... Family Stone. Family Stone where like this same conversation kind of right. comes
1: up. It works beautifully in that movie it's really because beautiful. it's
0: built up. But right. this, it's just kind where of where like, somebody questions like, do you want to have a harder life because you love this
1: person who society mm-hmm. doesn't deem that you two should be together, but you can't drop that scene with no other context and no other character development from these other characters who are putting pressure this is why flashback scenes are kind of risky in the first place. Because now it's like we're supposed to glean conflict, and it's like, well, your father's a racist, so yeah, there's nothing and, I can do about
0: it. But there was <laughs> it, this whole movie was like, yep, we went through all of this stuff, and now we're here today. But none
1: of that other stuff like affects what's going on. What's going on in the actual movie? Like, I I under- or or maybe I don't understand because. <laughs> Because later on, Dan Keaton's like, well, we got married and we were an interracial couple when it was illegal. But we said... In 30 other states. (laughs) And we said, we don't care. And then you show us a flashback. It's like, you did care a lot. This was really hard for you, apparently. But now we're seeing you were unaffected by this later in life completely. So which one was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pick a a speed. But I do think, now that I'm thinking about it, her niece um who is the real estate agent was probably the same girl that was in that cafe scene
1: uh who was her sister's
0: kid oh right yeah <laughs> totally anyway and morgan freeman's always like she's talking too much and it's like she's trying to sell your house man yeah like i i don't know she is annoying as a character i get it from his have perspective have you ever heard your
1: dad say that about one of your friends probably says it about me i don't know <laughs> It's definitely like there are so many things that Morgan Freeman does. I'm like, oh, my dad does that. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's a very dad that. thing. Um, I've definitely heard that complaint come from my dad. I'm like, just we'll be in the basement. Don't worry. About it.
0: <laughs> but at, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, he's like they tell her
1: off because she's she does all this work trying to sell their house for them. It ends up that they don't want to sell their house. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know what? Never mind. We're not going to sell the house. And she's like, fuck you. And I'm like, yeah. that's right. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, maybe she's not the most
0: graceful person ever. But, but oh my she's God, working you guys for just,
1: commission,
0: you guys. You guys
1: wrote her off. Like, she had put lots of time into selling this house. And you're like, never mind. We're not going to do that. And she put in so much time. And you just really hurt her reputation with we'll get into what happens but yeah. it's just kind of like no no she's fully justified in feeling what she's the feeling. the movie didn't think she was justified and i'm like which is why it's boomer porn because yeah. the boomers are like we don't care and we shouldn't have to Ooh, can do you have imdb up <laughs> uh i
0: can pull up yeah pull it up i want to take a look at this director because i believe yeah this. yeah i'm pretty sure richard lion crane long crane long lion crane, crane. <laughs> born <laughs> in 46 Okay. He a boomer. So I'm pretty sure he was also the taxi driver at the beginning of this movie, and no, that
1: was that was a character actor. I was it okay because it it felt it
0: the part was so party that it felt like yeah, if somebody was trying to emulate um like a taxi driver
1: situation. He also directed Wimbledon, which I think you like, right? I love Wimbledon. So there is that. Okay, so. Uh firewall, he did Richard II with Sir Ian McKellen. Holy moly. So this guy isn't this guy is got some bonafides. Okay. Um, but mm. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So basically
0: what happens in this movie is the dog ends up getting better. They
1: go look at a bunch of apartments, and well, there's this weird arc where and again, the, the stakes are not very well established because it's like, okay, in real estate, most of the time, you got to figure out this dance of you're going to sell your place in order to make an offer on another place. Right. But you can't make an offer on that place unless someone is making an offer on your place. So you make a contingent offer on that they, place. They do this dance in the movie. They do this dance, but then it gets to this point where they're like, you know what, let's just pay cash for the house. Like, let's just write a check. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, it just doesn't work the way that they do it in the movie. Right, because that check, I mean, presumably, since they're not rich, would, would bounce. And so you have to actually make a legitimate contingent offer where you have to deal with escrow and escrow, all these yeah, things. Yeah. I, I'm an escrow. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and the, the character's like, it's fine. We don't need to do that. Let's just do it our own way. And okay, like maybe you tell them don't cash this check for a while, maybe you can like get along. Sure. But uh like Yeah, you can high make it, real estate market. I can, don't think so. You can make arrangements like that and they're so detailed
0: about people coming over and not coming over at the right time and like let's push it off and and it's but but then like they lose details that are actually important to the process.
1: Yeah, so for the first bit of the movie, they're like, okay, Cynthia Nixon's, she's our agent. She's doing all these open houses. She's helping us get it sold. She's helping us, like, with the negotiation part of, like, uh, someone's making an offer. Do we make them do a counter offer? Like, how do we set the ceiling? All that stuff. And Morgan Freeman kind of knows what's, what's what because he's in the art world where there does ha- have bidding sometimes, yeah. especially mm-hmm. with art. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't make a strong enough case that he's really bugged by what Cynthia Nix is doing because she's doing the real estate agent thing where she's, it's literally her job and her only job is to drive this part. Right, and
0: the whole time he's kind of like, you can tell that he doesn't want to leave the apartment, but he wants to make Diane Keaton happy. But he, when he pushes back against it, he only kind of pushes back, but then he's like, I want to make Diane Keaton happy, so I'm going to do it. And then he seems fully on board Mm -hmm.
1: until he's, until he's not. Her. Right. Um, so then at some point, they have dinner. M- they have dinner. Oh, uh, they have this dinner where they are out with their art dealer friends and their art yeah, dealers. Yeah, they're like old friends. They're old friends, and the art dealer's like, we're not going to have you in the gallery right now because it's not selling. The art dealer's son says this. Yeah. And I don't know. When I was watching, I'm like, that sucks, but I get yeah. it. And then Diane Keaton's like, I don't understand. It's like, what? I, she can really not get it she gets so mad and and i i i get
0: why you'd be mad about this but she like basically what we watch is this couple go through a bunch of hassles with a bunch of people who they don't really get along with a lot
1: yeah and, and so, it's <laughs> so he's rejected by this art dealer and like Walking to this dinner, Morgan Freeman's like, No one really cares about my paintings these days. No one wants to buy anything. Yeah. So it doesn't really come- He, like, was not riding on this. Like, yeah. he's like, I really doubt it, anything's going to happen. And they go and talk to this dealer, and he's like, Nothing's happening. He's, Morgan Freeman's like, Yeah, I figure. Wait. Well, and like, it, it just seemed like they were going out with their friends. Right. And then they're, but also. And then there's this big high stakes thing as she reacts as if. He had been like holding out oh hope. This was like the last gallery of all galleries and they need to sell a painting. But that wasn't the stakes. And on top of that, though, like the the
0: couple and the son that are meeting with them, they're all just having this nice dinner and then they stop things and they're like, by the way, things are changing. We are we're not putting we're not in the gallery. It. And it's like, well, come, come on. <laughs> this is not how
1: business works. This yeah. is not
0: how friendship works. Yeah. This is not
1: how any of this works. So after this dinner for some reason they're like you know what we're not gonna let anyone else tell us how to live our lives that's we're right. gonna make our own decisions and i'm like in what universe does well, any real estate agent not tell you what you need to do that's what they do well and not only that but who's telling you how to live your lives you're literally selling your place because you've chosen to do it all she said was boil some cinnamon how hard is that <laughs> Are we really changing what you're doing? So they go
0: look at all these apartments. They run into the old characters from all the other, all all the people that came over to
1: their apartment. And they run into the little girl and the mom again. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we're establishing that these are cool characters. And they like build up some nice rapport.
0: And at one point in time, the little girl says, we don't have any money. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with them, movie? <laughs> like, are are you going to have Morgan Freeman give them the apartment? Yes, or... certainly.
1: This is going somewhere. So uh, somewhere, but no. This is the last time we see this child in her mom. We see them in the middle of the movie, and then we never see them again. Ever again. <laughs> and it's like, why oh, did we spend all this time with them? It's because we
0: we, uh, it fucking like Morgan Freeman doesn't have anything to do in this movie except Potter around, yeah, Same, and and narrate. And everything we've been watching. And so he meets this little girl and we're like, ah, okay. You're sweet to this little girl. We've seen you be sweet to your wife this whole time and kind of curmudgeonly. And you're sweet to this little girl, but there's nothing going on. (laughs) nothing's happening
1: so yeah they have this righteous boomer (laughs) rage of like we're not going to be told what to do by these younger generations because they suck and so they go to the open house of the apartment that they really want like oh we want it and they're like oh should we tell cynthia nixon Uh, we don't need to tell our real estate agent about what we want to do (laughs) (laughs) but on top of that like morgan freeman is kind of doing that
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah sure. Let's oh, well, I I guess, so. I guess so. I guess we can
1: make one of the most important financial traction t- in transactions our last 40 in 40 <laughs> years of life. I guess it's fine. I don't need to think through this. <laughs> and so they do, and then Cynthia Mix- Nixon gets mad at them. Righteously.
0: <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, I guess we got to do do it." And then we'll do it, and then they do it, and they get like a good offer from, from
1: the lesbian dog owners. Yeah. And it's like, cool, I want them to buy the house, too. They seem chill. They, yeah, out of everybody like that could afford the house, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is apparently what they would have needed to do this transaction in the first place. So I don't know how they were thinking that they could get away with not enlisting Cynthia Nixon
0: for like, this part. Here's the thing. Go, go look at houses together. Fine. Yeah, you don't need you to don't bring need your her. agent. You no. don't even
1: need to talk to her about it. Just talk to her afterwards. Keep her in the loop. <laughs>
0: Please. And- Like, I mean, if you just if you were independently wealthy,
1: fuck a real estate agent. Fine, pay in cash and you're good. Go for it. That's not what they are, apparently. (laughs) Maybe. So they find this perfect apartment. They want to make an offer. They have to like be like, oh, okay, Cynthia Nixon. I guess we'll let you in on this. And they go to the apartment to sign the papers. And we meet the couple who's selling, and they're dicks Like, yeah, they're total wings.
0: They're like, something is
1: going on with them where they're not happy or they are happy. Like, she's pregnant and he's like, I don't want to sell. I don't know if we should sell. I think we get a better None offer the None of blah, their blah, stuff's blah, blah. there. What do they mean they don't want to sell? <laughs> yeah, they don't live there anymore. And also, I don't know. I haven't bought a lot of houses. But How many have you bought? I've bought a house. Okay. I haven't bought any. So home. you're one up on me. But they made it very strict where. We really didn't know the identity of the person we were buying the house from. Uh And it was really just through our agents. And when we bought the house, we did not see the owner. We did not see the owner's agent. We just had the agent do everything. Signed, sealed, delivered. Everything was taken care of it wasn't like this thing where it was like this high stakes of like this, the buyers are coming over, the sellers are going to be here. You are going to shake hands afterwards and then you're going to spit into each other's hands and you're going to be sealed for life and friends forever. <laughs> it's like, that's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is maybe a thing it happens in other ways, yeah. but most of the time it's just a dance. The agents do, and then it's, it's done, but they go over and the guy's being a total wang. Yeah. And then the news is on and they're like, They found the terrorist who has been terrorizing the terror city. And he like puts his hands up and the cops are
0: approaching. And and the guy's like,
1: shoot him, shoot him. I know.
0: Like he becomes even, everybody becomes evil in the scene. They're like, yeah, kill him. Rip his dick off. Yeah. And they're just like, come on, NYPD. And it's like. You guys, who are these horrible people? Because the
1: guy has literally just got his hands up in front of a, a yeah. store. And and Morgan like Dan Keaton's
0: in the background not caring. And Morgan Freeman is like, he seems like a normal man. And it's like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> we know. We that's what we all seem. And, and to then think. Morgan Freeman narrates and he's like, and as I was there watching this normal man, I
1: realized he was a normal man. <laughs> and I too am a normal man with a normal voice. <laughs> And so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to buy this house. I don't want it. I don't want to live here. I'm not going to reward you people with money because you guys are wangs and And, you're all a bunch of racists. And I'm here for it.
0: But also, (laughs) I want you to have another motivation, which is I don't want to
1: move out of my place, which is kind of where they get to ish After Eventually, that, it's like you know what we shouldn't move. I didn't want to buy this place from this racist guy that we almost just did on a whim. But I don't want to move. Let's just not move. And Diane Keaton's like, "Good point. Let's just not move." And uh, then Cynthia Nixon's like, the "Point of this movie?" And Cynthia Nixon's like, "The hell are you doing?" And they're like, "We're not going to move." She's like, "What the fuck? I put in so much work to sell your place. They're you like, could at least you say, know what we don't care. You could at least say." I'm so sorry
0: that we put you through this much. Like, we ended up getting cold feet, and we love our old apartment, and I know we really put you out. Let us take you out to dinner.
1: Something! (laughs) God! And so, like, it's total boomer porn because Morgan Freeman's like, I'm gonna punish these people for being racist by not buying their house. Someone's gonna buy it tomorrow. (laughs) They're not getting punished in any way. Someone's gonna come along with an even better offer. You did not punish them at all. And do you really think... You doing that, they're going to think one second a while about what you did? Do you think they're going to get that lesson learned? No. Not at all. They're no. just going to think these weird people came over, they were going to buy the place, and then they weren't going to buy the place. It was a big waste of time.
0: Like, at least have your dog take a crap inside <laughs> their place or something. If you want to punish these people for being like cur- like mean, or argumentative racists, then... Have a have a dog poop.
1: You have a dog now (laughs) poop in their poop in their house somehow. But it's boomer important because like boomers like there's no respect anymore. And we're going to teach this younger generation that there should be respect. It's like no one has learned that lesson whatsoever. And you are not the first generation to figure this out. Of course, everyone thinks this. We all yes. want to be kinder to each other. Yes. You're not you're not enlightened, and us millennials need to be taught a lesson. And these aren't even millennials, these are gen Xers. Yeah. So what if they don't
0: care. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> all beat up on Gen Xers. They're the Wangs. Um goodness sakes, man. Uh so. That now Morgan Freeman is happy because he and his dog and his wife are living in their place, and, I, and like they were succeeded
1: because no one told them what to do. And they're like, buying Starbucks. Fucking at <laughs> the just, end of this movie, I just don't understand what their big problem is with the world. The thing is, they I, I don't know who told them they needed to sell, right? And I don't it's th- it's your fault if somebody told you you didn't want to do this and you listened to them, and if you had any real estate agent. Even if they were your age, they're going to tell you to do certain things. But it almost
0: has nothing to do with the real estate agent. Throw them out. It doesn't matter. Who's telling you what to do? this, This movie should have been about, we're poor. We're being priced out of this neighborhood because we haven't worked in a long time and you aren't selling paintings. We have to move because of financial reasons, but we don't want to because I love this place. And then in the end, they discover that there's something new on the horizon still, even though they're
1: old. Like, All right, a- let's, wait, let's just rewrite the stupid movie. Okay. You write your first draft with your heart.
0: And you rewrite with your head.
1: Throw out the terrorist plot. What the hell Who the was Who cares <laughs> about this? God. Um, <laughs> yes. Make it about not this house, this apartment thing, and make it about home. Yeah. Because you were kind of did that.
0: Yeah. There were some really nice parts where like Morgan Freeman looked out his view and it was just like. Fuck, man! If if I had that view, I would never want to leave. I would never want to leave. I get
1: it. And, and it's like we had so many memories, like the roof when we had the retirement party. Yeah. And we met Dorothy. Like that was such a nice and like memory. He, he we don't want to carried get rid her of that. across
0: the the threshold. Right? Yeah, when
1: they first moved in, like all these nice moments. Like this is our home. We can't just sell it because we would be selling ourselves. But that's not driven at all. No, not, not at all. That is not there.
0: there. Like the romance of that is in name only, and. God, wouldn't it be great if they were also like out and about and they go to like a restaurant that they've always gone to and Mm -hmm. they say they have to say goodbye to somebody in the neighborhood? Yeah. Because there was that guy at the restaurant downstairs that was like, I'll get you a cab or whatever. And it's like. Like, this is the opposite of a Richard Curtis. This is the opposite of a Thomas Bazooka mm-hmm. uh, or like a Nora Ephron. Nobody's a character in this movie besides no. them. Like, you, you have these people just... that come, but they go. They go. <laughs> oh, oh, let's not forget the terrorist that we were all worried about. Nobody knows if he's a terrorist at the end or not. Nobody that knows. That doesn't get
1: resolved. It
0: doesn't get resolved. They just forget about it. The, the kids that like Morgan Freeman ends up like making friends with nobody cares. Never comes back. The racist parents, they're probably dead. (laughs) Like who, who cares about anybody in this movie except our two characters who don't really seem to care about
1: that much. You know what? A movie that does this a thousand times better. On Golden Pond. Well, of course on Golden Pond. Yes, absolutely. But I was going to say strangely, uh, two weeks notice Cassandra Bullock is advocating for her community center. Right, That was the whole point. That's the reason why she signed up to work with you, Grant. She's out to save the community center. Mm-hmm. And I believe in that 30-second montage where she's looking at all the people just hanging out in the community center. I'm like, yeah, sure, this can't go anywhere. But then they're like, should we leave this place? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. you guys <laughs> seem to like
0: it a lot. But why do you want to leave? Because it has stairs not okay and your knees? I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, if you... If it's really hard and you have no <laughs> means of putting an elevator here. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I guess. He, but if I it's guess not that leave. hard, cause it doesn't seem that hard. It
1: doesn't. It so they needed to put in a lot more work in the script where I need to feel like, <laughs> God, the apartment, you can't leave the apartment. There's it's this your apartment. Plus there's this sub,
0: sub, 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 sub plot where Morgan Freeman's taking pills throughout the movie. <laughs> I thought it was going to be for a reason. Like, maybe he's dying. Maybe that's because at one point he's like, you know, if I leave, I'm going to leave Diane Keaton with nothing. (laughs) And it's, it's like, well, are you, do you have cancer right now? What's the deal? Or like his, you know what this movie reminded me of was was our town. Do you know our town, the play? Oh no, but I've heard of it. It's basically this place where nothing much happens. And it's, it's kind of about small town and, Small town America specifically, and how it's just not a lot happens. And that's kind of the point. And the drama of the everyday is important for the reason that it exists. Like the everyday exists should be the reason to find joy in the small things. Mm -hmm. And it's really dry. It's slightly poignant. Um, But that play that I nearly fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> in at, at Whitworth I've seen two versions of it one better had more to say yeah than this movie did and this movie should know better having like the director directed Richard Third,
1: yeah because you can have a movie that's based in like details of the realism uh-huh. and you can get really caught up in like their economic hardship and yeah. you can go full realist and be like oh man this is rough you can have Morgan Freeman
0: pick up a pencil off of a table and look at it and then like look over to a pencil sharpener that's in the wall and have him take
1: that really dramatic. You
0: can make that super dramatic. Have him take the pencil. I'm just writing this off my head. (laughs) Have him take the pencil sharpener. Like maybe he sketches before he paints or something. Have him take the pencil sharpener off the wall and make it a totem and say, I'm bringing this with me and have have it be something that he gets like way up on his high horse Diane Keaton about where he's just like, Man. fine, we can leave this place, but I'm bringing this with me. You it was an- here when we moved in and I'm bringing it.
1: Kelly is the autodidact screenwriter <laughs> is, is so much better than whatever effort they put into this movie, which was based on a novel already.
0: Like m- maybe the novel's good though. Maybe like, as I was thinking about Ian McEwen, who is this British writer who's, he is... Not for everyone, but he's like a Booker Prize winner. He is a fantastic novelist. And he has novels like Saturday, for instance, which is basically about this neurosurgeon who gets up, goes and plays squash, gets in a car accident, avoids a giant like uh, protest that's going on, goes home, and then has to like at the end of the movie save his family from this like psychopath Mm -hmm. or end of the book. But the whole story is mundane in its plot elements. Not a lot's happening. We're right. just living with this person and their thoughts are interesting. This movie's like that, but the character's thoughts are uninteresting. Right. Because and, he's just
1: telling us what we already know. Yeah, and you're an artist. You can have be a more interesting be profound. character. <laughs> like because, you can be quietly profound. Like, I don't care. I just a- a super mundane plot like my dinner with Andre. Two people. Talking. Having dinner. That's it. That's all that's going on. But <laughs> you're riveted the whole time because these people are so fascinating. These characters are not fascinating. They're very realistic. Mm-hmm. And that they're too realistic. Because you can go full realism and get into the detail and make it dramatic. But, but they, neither, they don't do that. No. And they don't make it like arch drama either they're just getting the mundane details this is what it felt like you're at a you're at a big family gathering for your aunt and uncle it's their like 50th anniversary Uh. something right and you're all standing up you're all gathered around you're doing a toast and it's just like it's not a big thing it's like we're toasting them and then we're gonna go back to our circles and, and eat our food sure and so you do the toast. And then and then your aunt's like, I just want to thank everyone that's here. Uh, I'm glad we figured out that whole apartment situation. And then your mom's like, yeah, whatever happened with that? And you're like, no, mom, no, 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 <laughs> no. Because and then- your aunt is a talker. <laughs> and she doesn't know when to stop and no one in the family has the balls to stop her and she just goes on except and on okay and
0: I, on. except that your aunt is actually that uh, when remember when they invite either dunder or Mifflin yeah right. to Robert the office dunder on the something. office yeah. and he's just like who was it it was was it James or no no I think it was
1: Todd who bought the <laughs> There <apartment." laughs> you're like oh my god I'm so bored please stop. <laughs> You're killing me with the boredom. And so a lot of this movie is just like them going through the motions of buying and selling a house, which at times is exciting, but other times is just
0: mundane. A boring hassle.
1: Yeah. It's like watching
0: somebody else do their taxes.
1: (laughs) So that's five flights up. There's a reason why you haven't heard of it. And we just told you. And here's the thing.
0: All of these people, talented people. Yeah. Who knows what happened.
1: Well, I still, I'm not calling it a train wreck. I'm giving it a two and a half stars out of five stars because I wasn't that bored. It's just that thing where you look back and you're like, wait, did I just really spend the last 90 minutes watching that? Like while you're in it, it's not that bad. It's did you watch ex- this straight through? Yeah. It's not excruciating.
0: Feel feel glad that you watched it straight through because Robin and I had to pause
1: oh, um, yeah. and take care of baby stuff that for makes like two hours. It was so much longer. Oh, oh, yeah. Because like when I was watching, I was like, I'm smiling through their conversations. I think they have nice banter. Is it the greatest? Not at all. But it's not bad. It's not. It's not painful. So it's not. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen at all. Yeah, I I really did think that the script
0: was. Sorry for whoever wrote this. Maybe it's not your fault. I hate bragging on screenwriters, but <laughs> it's a, l- a hard life. We know it. A lot of a lot of Diane Keaton's dialogue was like you did this thing and well okay we'll go yeah i don't know you (laughs) you had movies like this always get me in a like a little bit of a tizzy because i'm like you had so much like look at your your guys's cast
1: yeah what went wrong you guys what went wrong you've shot all this like on on location it looked great
0: Yeah, no, it looked nice. Yeah. So anyway, I think we should go to Trope Talk because I'm done talking about the plot of this movie. (laughs) And welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like Lope Talk because run, don't walk, run from this movie.
1: (laughs) Loping, loping, you know, to lope. That's not a word. Lope. Yeah, it is. Is that why it's called E-loping? Is because you're loping with your E? Who's your E? Um, I am not at liberty to say.
0: Lope. A slow pace of running.
1: (laughs) Okay. I can do a slow pace of running away from this movie. I'm not going to sprint, but I will lope.
0: A smooth three beat gait between a trot and a gallop.
1: Or a canter. If I was headed to, um, you know, a a chapel of love, I would lope. I would lope there. That would be nice. I I don't think I would sprint because I need to like conserve my energy for the night. So I'll, I'll lope. Okay. Look. Yeah, because again,
0: not a horrible movie, just a mediocre waste of time time. time is what it is. Yes. Yes. There's remember I was talking about that William Shatner album (laughs) earlier. Not a waste of time. There is. Well, no, it's not. But there's a song on there that's just called I, I think it's called All the Time. And it's just. Basically, William Shatner tells you you're going to die for four minutes. And he's like, there's going to be times when you're going to look back and say, I have more time, but you don't. So you shouldn't waste it. And at the end of this movie, I was like, God damn it, William Shatner.
1: It's a question I ask myself when I'm working on a script or something. And I want to like ask to everyone at all times when you're making a movie, why should people watch this? And not something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? That's really good. If like if you're making an adventure movie, I'm like, but why should we watch this when I could just go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? Mm-hmm. I know Raiders of the Lost Ark is really good. I'm taking a risk on your movie. I could just watch a movie that's fucking awesome. So why should I watch this movie? I I think in addition
0: to that question, one I really like is the three part. It's like a three part question. Should I make this? now oh so should i be the one writing this Mm -hmm. like is this your story to tell Mm -hmm. um and that doesn't mean that you can't tell other people's stories it just means like what what from within you can do you
1: have the authority the like the verve the passion
0: mm -hmm. for it tell this this story like should should you be the person telling this particular story so you, you have those two questions and now kind of like, cause this movie was made in 2014. Maybe it would have made more sense to set it in 2003. Right. May Or 2005, at least maybe you need to give it a little bit of breathing room, but you shouldn't have made this story with all its elements in 2014.
1: Yeah. It, it ages like um, vinegar.
0: <laughs> so speaking of aging, the trope we're here to talk about is the flashback. There's a flash. The flashback is so, just, I I think one of the most useful and also at the same time, one of the most, I think today hated is a strong word, but, uh, I, I, feel like a lot of producers, a lot of readers, a lot of like people making scripts are afraid of, of flashback mainly because probably Robert McKee made them afraid of flashback and understandably why, because, Sometimes it is a cheap way to tell a story like in this movie.
1: Yeah. Or it's like, I have to convey what was going on with them at the beginning of their relationship. And I can't just tell you. So I'm going to just set this scene at that era of time, even though nothing else has to do with that era of time. And we could have gotten it
0: through like conversation between the two of them. Not where they're like, and remember when we did this, but it could come in the midst of a fight or it could... You know, be somebody being like, you know, you. We could see their pictures on this restaurant that they're going to, right? Where it's like there's yeah. a young version of them, and through context clues, we get that they've been there for.
1: <sighs> like, I get what this movie thought it might wanted to be, yeah, and I want to tell that story because I feel like you could make it really moving.
0: I do think that this tale deserves to be told. The idea of living in a place so long. And leaving it, like, Robin and I left an, uh, our first apartment that we lived in together. It's hard. It's hard. We lived there for two years, and it was, that last day in that apartment was very difficult.
1: Yeah. So, it was really hard leaving our first apartment. Ooh, yeah. man. And you lived in that one for much longer than yeah, two years. It was not hard leaving our second apartment, because that place sucked. That did suck. It might be weird leaving this place. Because this is where sp- Theo
0: was born. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh. Oh. Um. So flashbacks is exactly that. You flashback to a different time. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the story that used flashback in the best possible way is a little show called Lost. (laughs) I knew you were going with Lost. Because 99% of the time, we're not going to different actors. We're going to these characters' very recent past. Yes. Things in the past five years is like on the table.
0: And the reason why they're doing it is because the people who are where they are are not necessarily being fully up front with all of their lives right this is this is a specific situation where you've landed you're surviving and you're trying to maybe be somebody new or you don't trust all these people or you just you know aren't in a situation where you can share who you are and so we're getting through these flashbacks like, the meat of these characters.
1: Yeah, because, like, we meet a guy named Sawyer, and, like, he's he's kind of shifty and kind of distressful, but he's got this Han Solo-ness to him. We're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but he's kind of cool, too. Sure. And we get that he's shifty throughout this episode, and in his flashbacks, we realize, oh, this guy's a con man. Yeah. And we realize he's actually been pulling a con this entire episode, and it's been flashing back and forth between current day and, Back in his day and like it it builds character but it also like builds the actual like plot of that episode uh-huh and so in 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 that instance
0: your flashback is giving you kind of just more richness to this character and it's and, relevant right but there's other times where like it kind of plays for irony where you like with sawyer for instance let's take this this roguish rakish character um where somebody distrusts him for some reason. It's because like they know him to be a little bit like this. But the flashbacks that we're getting is when he actually chose to do something honest and good. Mm-hmm. And so what that builds within us is, oh, actually this character has a completely different note to him that nobody else is seeing because they only know him through this context, yeah. not through this past context. Because like a character
1: could be doing something, and we're like, okay. But then we see their backstory, and it's like, oh, this is actually really hard for them. Yeah,
0: or just really complicated or, you know, every, nobody else knows what we know. And that that allows you, the audience, in on this very personal, very secret part of the life of this character. And so you you kind of feel like you have one up on everybody else in the room. Yeah. And you're that, just waiting how it falls it's out. It's
1: that perspective of omniscient narration yeah, mm-hmm. that really helps the story get told better. I think in the rom-com, flashbacks are rarely told with such... Uh, Verve. It's usually like, well, she used to live in Georgia.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, though, I (laughs) like okay, like twenty seven dresses, right? They flash back to a bunch of the weddings. Yeah. That was in a fun, like, montage-y kind of deal, right? Yeah. But usually, I feel like it's so simple when done well in rom coms, like with Sleepless in Seattle when we flash back to uh, the wife going to the baseball game, like we flash back to that a couple of times and it's just, it's a glimpse walking with their son to a baseball game when they're happy. That's it.
1: Yeah. But if it's it's an extensive flashback where it's a full up scene and I'm like, why do we have to go back here? Cause it feels like a retread. It It feels like you're going backwards.
0: I didn't really, I didn't learn anything new about the characters. I just learned something new about the details of their lives
1: because we we see her with her mom. Uh, we see Diane Keaton with her mom when she said she wants to get married to Morgan Freeman and her mom's like your your dad's a racist. he doesn't he doesn't want you to do this, but you're gonna have to be separated from this family. You're disowning yourself by doing this. like yeah, wow, this she says really it without hard. saying it. Yeah. That, but these are like the stakes. Like, wow, that seems really hard. I wonder how this is going to affect her later in life. Didn't seem to affect anything at all afterwards. Yeah,
0: which, hey, that's fine. Because like you can, I think this person surely exists where they were like, well, screw you, family. I'm going to go my own way, Stevie Nicks. Uh-huh. And then they do. But if that's the case... Why show us this? Right. What like, are you enriching? What
1: you? What kind of omniscience did we need here?
0: In, 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 and that's what feels so boomery about it is that it just feels like we're lionizing these characters for good things they do. And I'm like, you're right. These are good things. But that doesn't make a compelling movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and I feel like this is boomer porn because it's like you guys. Oh, it's more like us. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah. Look look at at us. Look look at us. Look at us. Look at us. us. We we were the progressives. Huh? Huh? Look at us. Back when it was illegal in 30 states, interracial marriage. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. Uh, But see, I'm- Cool. That's great. But that's not
0: a story. Right. Because like this is a cool element of a story that you guys could be creating because I'm all for what you're telling me,
1: but it's just like, it's just like flag waving. Mm Mm-hmm. And- it's, it's like, it's like corporate flag waving at pride. It's like, you're just corporate. Yeah. Like you're, you're not doing anything. Right. You're just standing on this pedestal and not saying a thing.
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> and
0: like, it's it's always tough in movies where you're like, look, I love everything you're about, but you're saying it poorly, mm-hmm. which makes it for like the people that need to hear this, they're going to ignore it all the more.
1: Yeah. Uh, other flashbacks, you have flashback at the beginning of Sweet Home of Alabama where we meet Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas has kids where they were sweet little, uh, not boyfriend, girlfriend, but they had a little moment. You um, know, and that's fun. I like that at the beginnings of movies where- Also
0: while you're sleeping the same young Sandra Bullock yeah, stuff. Right, because it's we're not getting it amidst the story. It's like this happened way back when- and now I'm going to catch you up. Yeah, right. Um, and it's funny because it's not like we flash back; it's just we started there, but it's right. still a flashback. Now we, the whole movie,
1: flash forward. Yeah, uh, Practical Magic, same thing. We meet mm-hmm. we meet them as children. That makes more sense. Yeah, uh, because we kind of needed to get what their upbringing was like. Yeah. Um, what else? Any other famous flashbacks?
0: I feel like TV does it more these days. Like in Mad Men, there's a bunch of flashbacks where. Don Draper is a very hard to get to know. Like, it's hard to crack the shell that is Don Draper. Mm -hmm. And so the show says, we're going to do it for you. Like, he can't hide from you. He can hide from everybody else, Uh, not you. And I think that priviness is something that is part and parcel to successful flashback.
1: A very good one is Hitch, because it shows us a very different side of the Uh, guy that we've met. yeah, that's true. It's a very different guy. Uh And so that is very helpful.
0: I do. Yeah, because if if for some reason we just saw for instance a picture of him being nerdy it wouldn't have hit quite so hard as seeing will smith just be a nerd
1: yeah and it was told quickly yeah, like we exactly. didn't we didn't drag uh-huh. so it can be done well but do it sparingly please and i'm just going to recommend everybody it's on our list so maybe we'll
0: watch it one day but if you if you saw something some glimmer of hope in this movie and you wanted to see something better done about the greatest generation go watch on golden pond. It talks about aging. It talks about home. It talks about like the difference between generations. And it talks about what it feels like to be a couple after so long and still be in love in a way that is so much more satisfying than this.
1: This work does from a script writing per- perspective feels sincere, but like, I feel like we're the professors in the room where we're just giving it back to the student. We're like, try again. Like you need to put much more work into this. What it feels like is a first time screenwriter. Yeah. Like, like it feels like when, what it feels like is when a <laughs> the person boomer screenwriter is listening. It's like, you don't have to tell me what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it feels like when, do you ever have those people who've like never written a screenplay before, but they're like, I have a story about my life. And then they write that, but they've never written a script before. And it's like, this is, I get that this is personal, and I'm glad, but this isn't how
1: screenwriting necessarily. Works. I went to a writers' conference, and you know, I there was lunch, and then you sit down, and it's like, "What are you writing about? What are you writing about?" I, this guy was like, "Well, I'm writing about coming of age in 1970s suburban Detroit." I'm like, "Oh man, what was that like?" He's like, "Oh, you know, middle class, you know, didn't have a lot, but had enough. Dad worked at a." a Middle class job, I went to a school. It was a middle school. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, this is not a story. This is not something to write about, man.
0: (laughs) Which is the big pang of any (laughs) middle class writer.
1: Right. And it's like, I'm not saying you had to be like abused as a kid or something, or like you had to like come up from rags to riches kind of tale, but like find a story in there because that's not a story. Right. I mean, this is
0: why. I, I think any writer worth their salts can say, I can write about anything. It's about that finding- That pencil was amazing. Like
1: right. the pencil sharpener. I'm like, I'm riveted.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, well, I can write about anything <laughs> for sure. But
1: but like you should be able
0: to say, I'm going to write about, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just bring up as a, for instance, um, why am I spacing on the name? Um, fighting aliens in space, hoorah. Star um, Wars. Uh, Starship Sh- Trooper. Starship Troopers. So- if you're writing Starship Troopers, you've never been in this situation, mm-hmm. right? This is like the thing about sci-fi is you're imagining a new world, right? but you have to be able to connect it to something that is universally felt in some way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe the person writing Five Flights Up, and I don't know because I don't know this person. Do do you have them up here?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We just brought you up here to kick you in the nards. Yeah, his name is Charlie Peters. When was he, he, he born? Uh, 1951. Okay. So, and he's got several screenplays under his belt, but none of them have kind of broken through. Uh, he he like,
0: named one of his movies after a um, line from a T.S. Eliot poem, so I like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if yeah you know, that even was even his idea. Who knows? Um, <laughs> he but, wrote the uh, Richard Dreyfus classic Krippendorf's Tribe*, co-starring Jenna Elfman. So, oh, I don't know. We may were wrong. <laughs> um. So any. Anyway,
0: it's just, you have to be able to find something for people to latch onto and connect to something, something that like moves through us all. And what that was in this movie was that home is something that is so hard to leave. Mm -hmm. And you lost that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stop there. We, we didn't need the flashbacks and then we can leave trip (laughs) doc. Let's, let's hope that people don't judge us too harshly for our failings <laughs> and move on
1: over to Patreon. Well, we'll own them. No matter what, we'll own we'll them. We'll own them at least, yeah. Uh, so Patreon, uh, the the poll is completed. We have a tie and the tie will not be broken. We are doing both 51st Dates and Mystic Pizza. Yes. And in that order, order. In that order. Mm-hmm. Alphabetical. Alphabetical. <laughs> maybe that's why they called it 50 first days exactly so that's uh that's the next two weeks for you next week we'll have our poll up we haven't figured it out but we'll have figured out um maybe it'll be patriotic love stories
0: oh for the fourth of july top gun oh top gun that could be the poll just (laughs) top gun (laughs) just which top gun should we top gun top gun one top Top gun gun. two (laughs) Top Gun Two Top or Gun. Top Gun One again, or my my wife's one act
1: play, Top Gun Bottom Gun. <laughs> I don't really want to really. I love do you, Robin. That. um So yeah, there will be some kind of pullout. Um, oh, speaking of anything, uh, I'm really excited because they're doing a 4K Blu-ray release of Dirty Dancing. It's oh. coming out soon. Hey, I'm so excited to
0: pick that uh, up. I'm, I'm just going to say this. Speaking of Dirty Dancing, for any women out there that are feeling rough right now, we feel for you uh rough in what way i'm talking about v. wade being overturned
1: oh got it
0: yeah <laughs> hence hence the, oh i see now the, what you're talking about the blu-ray i, th- I was thinking connection. about
1: patrick swayze i'm like Whoa. Ooh, if you've got it <laughs> hard for patrick swayze we right. get it. like i'm like the dude died like seven years ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you did you get that uh
1: video i sent you of him dancing with his wife yeah amazing oh my god they're just, just anyone youtube patrick swayze dancing it's giving me chills right now it's so good He's so amazing and talented. Anyways, enough about the peace ways. Go to the Patreon. There is going to be, uh, hopefully soon, our bonus episode on speed. That's coming up. That's yeah, coming back yeah, 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 We should have that up. We'll, we'll have that up soon. Uh, and we also have Kelly's essay. That's right. It's on Halo 4.
0: <laughs> no, that's just the first thing I saw on Ryan's shelf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would like to see you sum up Halo 4 on your own, unprompted. So you have this thing called the covenant. No, stop. I've
0: only played it once with you. Um, I think I'm going to write about teenage romance. I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase it than I was going to. I'm very attracted to teenage romance. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I don't know why as a writer, I really like writing stories between teens just because I think they have a lot to figure out, but they also have a little less veneer between them and jadedness. Mm -hmm. And, I, I think falling in love when you're young is extremely special and awkward and full of just bright blossoming hope. And I, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that draws me to it. So I think I'm going to kind of write about what I like about it as a writer and as a
1: filmmaker or as like a film viewer. Yeah. As well. No, it's it, it's good. Uh, i I learned early on that it wasn't full of hope. it was more for me about despair. no and, and- <laughs> that's a big part of it too like that is I think that's part and parcel to
0: whether you've found love early on and then like I mean there was there were stretches that I had, Ryan, where I just had nothing mm. in high school. I feel for you uh, I feel like that's part of lots of high schoolers
1: if you were to say in objective reality mm-hmm. was your love life in high school, objectively, not how you felt, but objectively, were you more Ferris Bueller or more Cameron Fry? My, uh, just about love life. Like, yeah, I've got you on. I've got you on two polls. Ferris Bueller, beloved by all. Cameron Fry, misanthrope, misunderstood, but lovable buddy. Where
0: are you? On like the which spectrum? one? I'm because I'm not. In which one are of you closest camps? to? Which one am I closest to on the line? Yeah.
1: Um, probably. I mean, it sounds like you're riding the middle. If you're having such a hard time deciding which, is I'm which. probably a little closer to Ferris, but by a degree. Mm-hmm. Just because I did date somebody, Cameron. Cameron was like my man. Like he helped me. Like. I don't know. Relate to the world. He's going to keep calling, (laughs) calling. Because I was never quite as neurotic as him, Mm -hmm. but there was something comforting about like, well, Cameron gets it. I think it like ninth grade. I was Cameron.
0: Tenth grade. I was Cameron. (laughs) Twelfth grade. I was Ferris. Nice. And then senior year, I kind of reverted back to Cameron. Mm. Yeah. Wait, twelfth
1: grade. Twelfth grade is senior year. Oh, uh, junior year I was Ferris. Oh, okay. okay. Senior year, Cameron. Uh, so yeah, read about, read all about it on the Patreon. We'll have a new poll out next week. We'll have bonus episode. We'll have essays out. Um, it's pretty fantastic. Um, unfortunately, we do have to go to our next phase. Um, and there's no way around it. We're, we're gonna we're, have to move, aren't we? We're, we're not gonna have to move. We're gonna have to sell our podcast. We don't have to move. We just have to give out a golden sword award.
0: She A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden
1: Sword. Well, we could hawk this golden sword and we wouldn't have to move. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give my golden sword. To Dorothy the dog? For just surviving. <laughs> Do you think she was
0: like, this is going to be a, a hassle full of a couple of days, lots of people coming over. I'm going to fake, I'm going to pay off this vet and I'm going to fake a
1: um, an injury and we'll just split the winnings. Sure. <laughs> so they come down the stairwell after the dog slipped her disc mm-hmm. and they're holding the dog mm-hmm. in a very normal hold. Yeah. And immediately, their neighbors like, "What happened?" As if the dog was like, got bile coming out of its mouth, and like, fire was going on. It's like, how did you just poorly directed scene?
0: Well, maybe they're always walking their dog, (laughs) so you know, carrying it. But they, it's a tiny dog. You got to pick that dog up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm him here for you. So you're giving the sword to the dog. Mm. Dog sword. Um, young Diane Keaton was so horny (laughs) she um, like there's this weird scene where um, it's where they meet right where he's painting her and um, he's like I want you to put on these glasses and she's like, ah, I wouldn't be able to see, and <laughs> she like, was, uh, I like, don't know absolutely you. absolutely
1: not. I will not change my glasses. Like, calm down. You're I, a model. Well, you,
0: yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of also here for, like, she she wasn't that intense about it. She was just like, uh, I don't know. That's kind of a weird ask. Um, well, he
1: she asked, she acted as if he was like, wear these glasses. He was just like, I want you to wear these glasses. No,
0: he ended up like that. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about with this scene, where... He ended up being like he literally said you will wear these glasses.
1: Well, it's that firm like I know what I want kind of
0: Yeah, tact. but right, you know, you're completely right, Ryan, but he's also a professional in a professional setting who's trying to paint her. And so what he ends sure. up doing is is being like, "Yo, I'm I'm going to add dominance to this situation in order to get you to wear these glasses." But here's the thing, she's here for it. Right. But stupid move on both their parts (laughs) in my opinion she's so horny i'm and like she's just kind of does this like blushy thing where she's like fuck okay well i will take off my clothes mr mr freeman and i'm just like girl you're a chaos muppet (laughs) so i'm giving it to her for being a chaos muppet i guess yeah okay
1: to not dying keaton whoever (laughs) is playing whoever
0: whoever played her yeah
1: okay um
0: well um That was gold of one kind. Could you give this movie a rom-com Oscar? Which is probably plated gold when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So it's not probably full gold. Is it full gold? I
1: don't... I don't... mm, Maybe. You think they... Because if so, that thing is worth a lot of money. The golden sword is full gold. Well, it's It's just just a bunch of melted down down Oscars. But if the Oscars weren't full gold...
0: Then it's part... Part steel, part bronze, part... Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. You know, we're going to write to the gonna Academy. To know. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm going to give the Oscar to the production designer because that's the one thing they did well. Yeah. These were it, New York apartments, and that view was kick-ass.
0: Yeah, I agree. It felt like... Um, It felt like the kind of apartment I would like to live
1: in. Totally. You know what they also should have done? She couldn't have a baby, right? Like that was part of her storyline. Yeah, that's right. Make that a part of the apartment and that they couldn't have had a baby. And so they kind of made their apartment the baby. Yeah, I love that rewrite.
0: That's a great rewrite. Right? Like imagine if they had wanted to make this room that ended up being his painting room, the baby room. Mm -hmm. And he... Was like, maybe, maybe he was like, ah, oh, yeah, I want to have a baby, but man, it sucks to like lose this room. And he makes a comment about that at some point in time where he's like, like a young him, they get in a fight because he's like, well, at least I'll have this room to paint in. Yeah. And she could be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Something that bridged
1: like or some like, conflicts between them. Or like the room is like this like perfect baby blue, blue. Oh Yeah. Because like th- they were just they jumping painted the gun yeah. and they're like oh let's just paint it now
0: oh my gosh and what if they never repainted it yeah and them moving like and like, them like, at, at the, the open end, house
1: like why is it blue And yeah. they're like oh I don't know
0: mm. yeah and and like if they moved out it could be them painting over it or leaving it oh, and God. it both oh, come meaningful.
1: on and even if Hollywood they, let us help
0: and if they stayed there like like it could be something. Like there's so much you could do with just that one element. Right. Oh my
1: gosh. Gosh. Anyway, so yeah, good, good, good idea. (laughs) The boomer writer and director, like, we're not going to be told what to do. (laughs) You can't. We're going to make our own movie, and I'm like, you did. You know, millennials today, they don't understand. (laughs) They're
0: just, they're just all about money. And I was like, no, we're about heart, (laughs) heart. Um. So, what's your Oscar going? I am also giving it to the production designer.
1: Okay. No, here, I'll give it to the art director because the props were great too. Good job. That was a nice record player. I don't know if that little girl really wouldn't know what a record player was if it smacked her in the face because we too also didn't quite grow up around record players. At least I didn't. Were you around record players when you were seven? Yeah, my parents had one and my grandparents had one. Did they actively use it though? Like I found Ours was broken. I found my parents' record player in the closet. Yeah. And I didn't see any records in the house.
0: Ours broke when I was... a about let's see it was when we i think we when we moved up from california so i was nine yeah it no longer worked
1: i didn't have to ask my parents what it was
0: yeah i knew what it was yeah my parents had records so i don't know i don't know if, if you're <laughs> i think if you're a cool enough mom that you're just like going around to apartments and sleeping in people's beds you
1: probably have told your daughter what a record is <laughs> uh, surely this isn't her first record player especially es- Especially in Brooklyn. Well, <laughs> this little girl was interesting too,
0: because like Morgan Freeman was sitting on the toilet at one point in time, like taking his pills. And she was like, like, oh God, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> close the door. And she's like, yo. Yeah, she was just like, hey, what's up? Want me to help you do- take your ex? <laughs> she just seemed really I have some? into this old man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, I get it. Morgan That's Freeman is cool. pretty, cool. pretty cool. Morgan um, Freeman's pretty cool. I, um, I oh, hope. would I fall in love with him? Uh. <laughs> I hope you can answer this question. Is there anyone here you would fall in love with at all? Are
0: there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you.
1: But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all.
0: You have bewitched
1: me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know.
0: It's funny because in lots of other movies, I'd say Diane Keaton. Um, I'm going to say the weird lady that sleeps in people's beds. Yeah. The weird mom. She is cool. She seems <laughs> to have like a genuine bone in her body
1: and also be weird. She's like, can you turn off the light? And Diane yeah. Keaton's like, oh, sure. And then I was waiting I for her. I wanted them like, to be friends. I was waiting for her, like, can you join me?
0: yeah exactly they didn't play it for comedy and they really could have yeah um but since they were being sincere i'm like why not have like diane keaton like yes and at her in such a fun way that i'm like make this something
1: yeah anyway so her i'd like
0: her to be in my bed sure sure she's Um, weird and cool and maybe beautiful It's uh, kind of dark in there when they turn the light yeah
1: i'm going with that weird older lady no the weird psychotherapist who is like saying she's gonna change all these things about the house while she's walking around because that's like evil sarah she's (laughs) that lady looked severe she was full-on evil sarah because sarah loves hgtv and loves home remodeling things and if had if she had a hundred thousand dollars she would have everything about this house changed and she has a plan for it Mm -hmm. and she's a therapist Mm -hmm. and so like if sarah was like sith like all unlimited power, she would have turned into this person.
0: Ultimate power! Yeah,
1: and so I'm like, uh, I guess I'd be into that. So, what can I say? Totally, yeah. You'd want her to say, put on these glasses. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, I'm glad that we stepped through the mire that is that bog. Let's wipe off our boots.
1: It's nice because we, we ventured out and we're like, don't go down there. Yeah. Just don't go there. We tried the hole-in-the-wall place. Sometimes they're good. It's that not good. Like I was hoping, Like this is a totally like, low-ball movie. Maybe it'll be something. Okay, next week, we're going to the
0: Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's kind of corny, but fine. And then the week after
1: that... Cool pizza place. Cool pl-
0: pizza place on the coast. Love it. Totally. It's pizza. Even if it's bad, it's pizza. It's still pizza. So come join us very shortly. And Ryan, I love you. So much that, you know, if we had a place in Brooklyn and could get a million dollars, but it was that place and it was with you, I'd stay.
1: I love you so much that I would spend any penny to save that dog. Any penny.
0: And this is where we will say goodbye.
1: Ryan and
0: Kelly must bid you adieu, thank you for listening to our review, rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe, see you next week on a gentleman's guide to rom
1: Check, check, check your booty, check your booty. Oh...